Everybody, welcome to Stranger Things with Jay, Jack, and Mike. My name is Jay. My name is Mike. And I'm Richard Gear. And welcome to the show. How's it going, gentlemen? Good. Why are you Richard Gear? I'm trying to think of the reference yeah. that you're applying here. I, my mind went to a very odd place when affiliated with Richard Gere, so I'm hoping it's more of a child-friendly uh, reference well, than I initially I, thought. You know, it's funny, Mike, you said that. I was like, there was no gerbils in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was, There was. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dart? Dart. Dart. But no, I, uh, you know, <laughs> no, Richard Gere, Billy, American Gigolo. Oh, yeah, I, I still don't get the reference. Sorry, Jack. It's, it's a movie from the 80s. Yes. Yes. Of all the of all the characters <laughs> named Billy, you choose that one? Well, I don't mean that, I don't think Richard Gere's character was named Billy. I just I just said when he was there with uh, the mom, I said, "Oh, he's trying what is he? Ameri- is he a gigolo?" Oh lord. Oh. So okay. that that's where I was going with it. I knew you guys oh, okay. would, I knew you guys wouldn't get it. But that's why. If you had th- said Fabio, I would have understood. Yeah. Yeah. Fabio. <laughs> What's funny? No. It's it's neat in the Beyond Stranger Things, which we'll be talking about today. Uh, they actually photoshopped the mullets onto the Fabio kind of uh, book cover that she was reading, um, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, I think so too. That because <laughs> Ted Ted was taking a nap. At, at, at what? At what? Well, we'll get to that. One. Uh, but yes, we are here to talk about the last chapter of Stranger Things two. Uh, and we're also going to be covering the six-episode Beyond Stranger Things, uh, hosted by uh, the wonderful Jim Rash, big fan, big community fan, um, Oscar-winning uh, uh, mm-hmm. Jim Rash. Um, so, uh, gentlemen, last chapter, here we are. Are you guys ready to talk about it and close out this season of Stranger Things with Jay, Jack, and Mike? Let's Hopefully do it. We won't. Yeah, hopefully we don't have to exert as much uh, force to close this podcast as Eleven did closing up that gate. <laughs> that was a double my nosebleed. That was a double yeah, nosebleed. Yeah, my, my nose move. is already bleeding, so I... <laughs> double nosebleed and, uh, I don't want to say double fisting, but she was using two hands to do this stuff instead of just one. Yeah, the, she brought in the second hand, her uh, her capillaries and her eyes busted. Um, but she seems to be okay after it every single time she she does one of these things. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like I don't know. It's the opposite of quantum leap. That final leap will not be the leap home. Eventually, <laughs> it's gonna she's gonna get pushed too far and end up killing herself. Uh, and we do have listener feedback as for well season five to jump into. <laughs> um, so without any further ado, gentlemen, are you ready for this recap? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's do. It. Let's jump in. Chapter nine: The Gate. Hopper and Eleven head for the lab where they find the gate guarded by Demodogs. Jonathan, Nancy, and Joyce uh, take Will to Hopper's cabin and overheat him to force the Mind Flayer out. Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and Max want to draw the Demodogs away from the gate, but Steve keeps them at the house for their own safety. Billy, forced by his abusive father to look for Max, arrives at the buyer's house. He starts a fight with Steve, but Max sedates him, and the group leaves in Billy's car. They start a fire in the tunnels, but Dart blocks their return. Dustin feeds Dart a Three Musketeers bar, and Dart allows him to pass. Eleven channels her anger into closing the gate, and as the gate closes, the remaining monsters and Hawkins die. One month later, Hawkins' lab is shut down, Barb is given a funeral, and Owens provides Hopper a birth certificate for Eleven. The students attend the school's winter dance, the snowball. Max and Lucas kiss, kiss as do Mike and Eleven. Nancy pities Dustin and dances with him. Uh, in the upside down, the mind flare towers over the school. Uh, so let's talk about top moments here. Um, 
Number one, El and Mike reunion. Uh, did it? Did it have the impact that we were thinking when we were talking about what might happen last week? It's a little tough because I feel like that moment was delayed until the snowball at the very end. I think the emotional ramifications sort of played out there because since it really was in this climactic moment that she came in, they had to go into focus mode, even though we do have some time dedicated to the beginning of it. Uh, some really fun moments. Specifically, I'd like to highlight Max meeting L and L just completely giving her the cold shoulder <laughs> because she has this idea in her head that because Mike helped her up from her skateboard, uh, she's somehow involved in this love triangle. And then, of course, on top of that, we get a scene with our two favorite characters from this season, Emo, Mike, and Hopper. Oh, joy. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably the two most moody people this season. Well, I, 11 probably in there as well. Um, I, there's a lot of moody people in this. Yeah, know, it's true. Yeah, See, Steve, and without Steve, Bob Steve, here. Steve for a while was moody until he found his calling. So I say without Bob, like really, it's just a whole bunch of moodiness. Whole and bunch Jonathan of is always moody. Even when yeah, Joe, that's true. Even, even when he's happy, he's moody. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm really, I'm really happy right now. Mike, yeah. uh, you know, he does the old punch-a-roo to, to Hopper. You know, you jerk, you kept it from me, etc., etc. Um, but you're right. At, it's what almost, point, at, what, at what point did you expect Hopper just to smack him? Just, I mean, I think he's 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 understanding where he's coming from, right? He's, Plus, he's, I don't think those hits are landing very hard. <laughs> You say Mike's not tough. Well, I, I, well, we find out later on that Mike has no guts. So, man, Steve's, Steve's getting the snot kicked out of him. They just stand there and look at him. Well, I mean, look at Billy. I mean, clearly, you're not you're not going to win in that situation. Well, slow motion Max took charge. So there you go. Um, <laughs> and uh, number two, the team splits up again. So we kind of uh, disperse out uh, after being kind of cajoled there for an uh, episode or so. Um, Hopper and L are going to go close the gate. Uh, John, Nancy, Joyce go to exercise Will. And uh, Steve, Max, Dustin, Lucas to draw out the Demodogs. Um, now, for all of those three storylines, pretty straightforward. Um, would we expect it uh, any other way in terms of, of those three stories? Yeah, I mean, this is at least uh, it's similar to the way the first season ended with them coming together and then splitting up again. However, I would say that one of my minor complaints with that first season finale was that they were separated by age lines and they came back together. Then they separated once more by age lines. Remember that uh, Joyce and Hopper were the ones who went into the Upside Down to find Will. Then you had the teenagers trying to trap the Demogorgon and then the kids were in the school here they really mixed it up, you know, to, to varying degrees. I think uh, the one that definitely had the most comic potential was Steve with the rest of the kids. Hopper and Elle had their own little reconciliation moment. Uh, still not really sure about Nancy's purpose being there with Jonathan and Joyce, but she was there with a fire poker when need be. So I guess it makes sense. <laughs> because well, Scargy had to put her somewhere, so... Well, well to be fair, would Joyce or uh, Jonathan been able to use the poker on him? No, yeah, that's true. You sort of need a, a third party that doesn't I mean, uh, that outside of the family. I have no, I have no connection to uh, Will. <laughs> you know, but no, uh, this does right. bring think- up something that I do want to sort of mention because I did see uh, before we were uh, finishing up the recaps for this season, I did see something come out on the AV Club about how one of the more problematic elements they found with this season was that they have three really strong female characters in Joyce, Nancy, and Eleven but they're almost always kept at arm's length from each other. 
And this feels like truly one of the first times when, you know, a group has more than two female characters or more than one female character in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good call. Um, a good call up by the AV Club. Um, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I, I like the pairings. It makes sense uh, where it, season one is definitely by age. And that's kind of where their storylines were. But this was definitely made sense from where they were kind of going along the entire season where John and Nancy were together. So it makes sense they would go uh, to try and exercise Will. Um, Hopper and Eleven were kind of together at the beginning of the season, so it makes sense they're coming back now. And then for Steve, you know, he's kind of been the babysitter uh, of the rest of the party. Um, and really, uh, there needs to be somebody that's going to get his, his uh, ass beat by somebody at some point in time, and uh, Steve was there uh, ready for the pounding, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and, and speaking of a beating, uh, it's, uh, my number three moment here, uh, for Billy is Billy and Mrs. Wheeler. Um, what type of beating are you talking about? No, no, no I'm saying, well, because he beat up Steve, so, uh, but I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, Billy and. Is, is Mrs. Wheeler a school teacher? I just. You know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's a, a steamy and, scene between the two. Here's my problem. You know, if when I'm in the bathtub with the candles going and I'm reading my Fabio novel. Uh, and the door, you know, the someone's knocking the door, ringing the doorbell, and my wife is sleeping. I don't get out of the bathtub to go answer the door. I just let them move on. I mean, well, at, I don't what, know. I, I, at what point do you say, I'm not going to answer the door? Is this a point, this is a time, though, when you're like, if it's important, they'll call. Sort of like uh, when, like, if, if you get a, when someone calls you, you're like, oh, if it's important, they'll leave a voicemail. You know, what's, what's the code for when somebody knocks on your door and you just ignore them? I don't want to talk to him probably anyway. Maybe so. not. Maybe just uh, <laughs> she's not as antisocial as you are, Jack. So maybe it's just not as. It's just so. It ninety nine percent of the time, it's someone selling something, right? Eh, that late at night. I mean, he he was selling something as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta say, for 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 all the gripes I've had about Billy's characterization over characterization over the course of this season, this is probably his best episode. Again, not saying much, but this was such. A fun scene. Mrs. Wheeler is reading this novel in the tub called Heart of Thunder. And I looked up what the plot was. And it's about basically how like a a woman uh, is drawn in by a rough hewn insolvent outlaw and aroused by the spirited hellion's wrath and her passion. And it was just (laughs) it was so schlocky. But it's also fun to sort of watch Billy kind of turn on the charm after he's been, been so such a sociopath the past eight episodes. Yeah. Billy knows how to work it. <laughs> well, he didn't get to go on his date, so now he's kind of making up for it, I guess. Um, but do we are we are we shipping these two? Is this is this something down the line? Uh, I don't I don't think Ted cares. I I really don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, <laughs> then Mrs. Mrs. Willer can then be involved with Bill and Ted. It'd be an excellent adventure next season. <laughs> oh, nicely done. Nicely. Uh, do we want to do we want to talk about the fight here as well yes, this is, yes, we'll we just should. sort of wrap all the billy stuff up in one uh yeah, yeah so we we have this fight um do, do we are we satisfied with the conclusion of it you know injecting with the uh, uh sedative or whatever it was and then um you know kind of max throws down the bat at his you know right below his crotch and says you're not going to mess with me anymore I, it kind of felt rushed to me. Uh, it it wasn't as it it was kind of just a means to an end so they can take the car to go do what they needed to do. Um, well, 
for they me. They had to stop. Someone had to stop Steve, though. Well, I mean, yes, I, I, Philly yes. From, I mean, I mean, how long could Steve take those those punches? But is that it? Oh, is you it, saw last season. He could take it for a while, right? <laughs> well, uh, is um, for, is this a Back to the Future? Uh, Biff uh, almost uh, raped his mother, um, but in, in the future, you know, thirty years in the future, uh, he's just the you know you know silly old Biff trying to scam him out of waxing uh, his car. Is this is is Billy going to be uh, the Biff at the uh, end of the changed future? Um, all the Back to the Future. Is, is this it? Is hmm. is is he a yeah. changed man? Well, and that's why I, I mean, and that's why I don't necessarily like this resolution. Is because, like, if this is going to end up with us moving forward with emasculated Billy, why do we need to keep this character around? Like, look, I I don't know if we necessarily needed to have uh, Max go like all Negan on him and beat the crap out of him with that baseball bat because that definitely takes things to a new place and that <laughs> character to a new place. But like. I, I, I'll, I keep repeating myself, I know with this, but like I find no need for Billy in this show. I think the actor's fantastic. He seems like a great guy from uh, what we saw in Beyond Stranger Things, but we, I don't think we needed a human antagonist when there is so much supernatural antagonist to deal with. So maybe it's, is this something where... Uh, but at, it, the, at the end, though, did he, did he not change because he kind of smiles at Max when she's getting her hair done to go to the snowball dance? So, well, so what, the, 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 the two options are either that he's completely emasculated or that he's the same asshole that he's always been. That is not like a choice that <laughs> well, I want to make. It's well, the may, way character well, going. Well, do we keep it, like I can't see what you're saying? Do we keep him around because we he's, don't need he's, another he's, Steve? <laughs> well, yeah, so that's the thing. You can't. You can't really make him. Like, what if Steve re- dies? <laughs> oh no! Come on! No, no! Don't put that idea out there. I can't lose Steve and Bob. Yes. Um, <laughs> Oh, I mean, and, I I don't know, like, yeah, I, I think Jay has a good point. Like, it would just be another, like, redemption story like we did with Steve as well, right? Unless they come up with something wildly different for Billy. Unless they decide to, like, write Billy out almost, make him almost like a background character. I, well, I can see background I don't think character. I don't see Billy going off to college. <laughs> maybe he gets a scholarship for basketball i mean i don't know well you know the the top moments here uh that, that i that i referenced was billy and mrs wheeler maybe that's the the future for that storyline maybe he breaks up uh mike's uh boring imperfect family yeah again i don't think ted would care i think t- as long as ted's not being bothered you know he's, he's what did i do <laughs> <laughs> He gets put on the bench. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, Dart gets his hero turn. Uh, we talked about this, I think, last week. Uh, if Dart would kind of come back and save the day or save Dustin or something along those lines. Uh, and, you know, it, it, we kind of have that a little bit, a little bit. But I guess mm-hmm. Dart's I- dead now. It was very reminiscent to me of The Sound of Music, where at the end of The Sound of Music, like the Vaughn traps are hiding out in the Abbey. And then you have Rolf was one of the neo-Nazis. And he was like, he saw them, but he decided to tell everyone else, like, nope, there's nothing here. Time to move on because he was in a relationship with Liesl beforehand. That's what this felt like to me in a weird manner of speaking that like Dart had. We were asking about this last week, as you said, like, do we think Dart would remember its his connection with Dustin? And I guess that was the case. So, and since everything disintegrated, assumingly when the gate closed, I guess Dart ended up uh, dying a hero in that regard. Does he remember Dustin, or the, or, or is it the candy bar he remembers? Yeah, probably a bit of both. Okay, it's, it's a it, sense memory, right? He yeah. hasn't eaten nougat outside of Dustin. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, candy bar. There you go. 
I don't care don't what you guys do. Go ahead. I don't care. Yeah, as long as I get the candy bar. Uh, number five here, Will is freed. Um, let's talk about this exorcism scene here. Uh, really Ooh. intense. Um, poor Will, man. This kid uh, has just gone through the ringer. Um, and I'd argue this might have been even worse than when he was in the Upside Down. It was a bit more passive that time versus this time, you know, basically having to have uh, the Mind Flayer being forced out of his body. It was it was an intense, intense scene. Well, now that we've abused Will for two seasons, I'll, is he like in Billy mode? Do we need Will for anything else? Yeah, I wonder if he, what if Will's Will would take. Yeah, un- unless he becomes like, a, I mean, he was serving as a conduit to the Upside Down, but maybe he'll serve as like, someone who can jump into that world to be able to see what's going on. You know, I do wonder if the mind flayer link might still be dormant in him, but in, at, 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 at enough of a level that it's not as dangerous as it was at the end of this season. First, I want to say good on Joyce for being the one to figure out like, Hey, he's been asking for cold the entire time. That's what the mind flayer wants. So let's just do the opposite. Well, yeah. I think it was during, I should, should, can I mention the, what we heard? We saw on the, uh, yeah, I think you're talking about it in this. Yeah. Well, I think it was at Millie. She, Millie Bobby Brown, she said she said maybe Will has powers now. Yeah. So maybe that's where the direction they're going. Well, that I mean, was that was her theory. That's her theory, but I didn't, I don't remember the writers saying no to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think maybe not so much powers. I, I, I think Mike's kind of referencing it. Like there's there's a knowledge there. You know, he can be he can be maybe an upside down consultant uh, for the crew. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I, I think or, or he, he can take tours of Hap- Hawkins lab. This is where Bob got eaten right here. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, really all the hot spots. <laughs> yeah. Hot spots because I am uh, sweating profusely in order to get this <laughs> mind flare uh, probe out of me. Yeah, that this was. I mean, this was a very intense scene. Obviously, the flickering lights added to the aesthetic. Uh, the crazy spiderweb effect, as yeah. if he was like. Uh, I know in Game of Thrones, I think they do that when someone's being poisoned. Uh, so it's so interesting to sort of see that with the uh, poison analogy in there. I was also concerned that. You know, when they end up doing it successfully and the smoke kind of makes its way out of well, I was afraid it was going to fly into something else like very uh, possession poltergeist like style. But instead, it just sort of like dissipated in the air, I guess. Yeah. Or Uh, it wasn't quite pea soup, but it was definitely expelling, you know, the shadow. A lot easier to clean up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but it was very like it kind of just went out um, in, you know, the gates. being closed you know is that little bit of spirit still out there or did it, did it get kind of sucked back in to the gate do we assume that's the case well to have another season something had to happen when we had to have what like the dart version of the smoke <laughs> <laughs> a little smoky oh, oh a little smoky <laughs> oh smoky uh, um but yeah uh the yeah it it's yeah, I'll, I I think I was I'll, I would agree with the Beyond Stranger Things uh, crew and uh, say maybe Will Will does deserve a bit of a vacation next season. I would hope like give the kid a break. He's been through enough. I think these two seasons. I think it's all he's good for. But that's that's just me. Jeez, Jack. First of all, you have the the weird uh, uh, American Gigolo reference that nobody's going to get, and now you're just saying Will. Oh, uh, there, is there's a, there's at least three people that got it. <laughs> Uh, 0.5% of our listener base. Uh, Call me! 
All right, at number six, 11 closes the gate, uses two hands, uh, both hands. I feel like I remember yeah. uh, my father telling me that at some point. I use both hands, Jay. Yeah, two hands when you're catching. Yeah, two hands when you're going to catch. Um, but, I noticed uh, Hopper, Hopper was better at shooting the uh, demodogs. What are they called? Demodogs? <laughs> demodogs when they're not killing Bob. When they're not killing Bob. <laughs> he's a lot quicker. Oh, come on. He's not doing selective shooting. <laughs> he's, uh, I'm just saying. He seemed a lot quicker on the draw with that than he didn't even hesitate. What did, what did you guys think about, before we get to Hawkins' lab, the Hopper 11 reconciliation scene? Do, do you feel like it made up for their conflict earlier on in the season? And uh, Hopper's entire like monologue about how he felt like he was a black hole since his daughter died? Yeah, I liked it. The only thing that was kind of throw me off for it was uh, I was like, didn't Will's house like what did it back right up to Hawkins' lab? Like, How did it all of a sudden turn into a 30-minute drive from Will's house to... Uh, Hawkins lab, but maybe I was just I was just nitpicking uh, that a little bit, but I I was fine with it. Did you they have t- problems with it? They took the lo- they took the lo- they took the long way. Yeah, around. the long and winding road. You no, know, they had to talk. They took the scenic route. I liked it, uh, and I you know I've been vocal in saying I'm not a huge fan of what they did with Hopper this season, or at least making him a vessel to hide all these secrets for no particular reason, but. I feel like they did a dec- at least a decent job here of sort of rationalizing why he did what he did. I'm happy that he mentioned his daughter. I actually think this is the first time he's talked to any of the characters about his daughter. Yeah. And I think that really shows a good breakthrough in his connection with Eleven. I love the callback to, you know, they both admitted that they were stupid and therefore they broke the don't be stupid rules. And you have this really beautiful moment where after Eleven goes basically Super Saiyan uh, <laughs> and like, Go pulls a Goku and closes up the gate like he he holds her so tightly and she just like collapses in his arms. I know that Millie Bobby Brown on Beyond Stranger Things compares it to actually when Brenner was carrying her when she wore herself out after the experience after her, the experiments that were done. But I, I thought that was a really warm moment and I think it sort of helped complete the arc that we saw of the two of them throughout the season. Even though Eleven was so separated from the group, the basically throughout the first eight episodes of the season, it felt good to tie her in for this last episode, if only to close up that relationship. Yeah. And, um, I, I thought it was interesting how, uh, she has a very different take on the Papa and 11 relationship, Millie Poppy Brown, than even, like, than even the, the showrunners and, uh, like director producer. There's like, wait, what? <laughs> it was very yeah, interesting well, that- to see her perspective on it. Well, they were, they were taking notes. I saw it. <laughs> Oh, God, I hope this means they don't bring Brenner back. Please. <laughs> no. But I, I know I, I think it's, a, it's an interesting point. We actually talked about this, I feel like, in Westworld a bit about the difference of how creators feel like their viewpoint is behind a work versus like how the actor sees it through the character. And yeah, I feel like as Eleven, Millie Bobby Brown has to essentially see everything through that character's eyes as to how they feel about these people. And I think what she was trying to say essentially was why Eleven loves Brenner. Why, at the outset, we would think this is a cold and abusive relationship, but to Eleven, it's someone who's really warm to her, even if he's making her do horrible things. And so I thought it was a really great insight, because I don't think it was necessarily running against what the Duffers were saying, but I think it's just a good representation of how Eleven's view is so skewed from reality that when she got brought out of that environment, it was such a shock to the system. Well, I think, it was, uh, you know, watching those, the extra, the bro- they call them the brothers. Duffer brothers. They- well, they always, they always refer to them, the brothers on there. But they, they, they seem to have kind of shocked a few times that people had different thoughts about what a certain scene was. 
there was a few times where they were kind of like, they were like, I mean, maybe they never watched Lost, but it was just like <laughs> they just they just seemed shocked that they people had a different feel for what they were writing, what they were trying to get across, than what was actually ha- what their what their maybe they're uh, just good at acting for the cameras, Jack. I don't, I don't know. They just seemed shocked a few times that really you got that from that. So anyway, I just. I got that from the extras, but anyway. Uh, but no, it, it was a, a really kind of sweet end. I got a little misty-eyed when you know the, she, uh, uh, Hopper's embracing her afterwards, and um, she did it. Um, and the whole we're talking about the Super Saiyan here, like she's levitating. Um, it, it, she's tapped into a, a higher level of her powers, um, and presumably from the training that she got from Callie uh, in Episode Seven or Chapter Seven. Um, does this? Does seven have better weight now um, in the final uh, chapter, or is it still kind of weirdly out of place, uh, like we were feeling at the time? Uh, probably couldn't have done it right without it. I mean, that—that's the thing. Is I actually wrote in my notes too, like, oh, Callie was useful for something because we literally <laughs> see her as uh, Eleven is doing this. I would still question. We talked about last week where to put this. Maybe at this point, I wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe we could still go with my idea of making it the season three premiere instead. Just put this scene sort of out of context there, so it adds another mystery of, wait, Eleven was talking with that person. What what did she say to her? And that sort of adds another question mark on uh, to be hopefully answered in season three. But yeah, I still I still think the problem wasn't necessarily the episode. It was just where it came, what the placement was. Yeah, I I think. Well, what about my theory of uh, not season three, but just swapping it from seven to eight um now that we've seen the last episode do you think it would have worked or do you think it would have killed the flow from eight to nine i mean it, it, but it's weird too to have it seven eight nine the way it is currently because now 11's channeling something that we found out like two hours hours ago whereas if it had been the other way around like maybe it's uh it's something that we would have found out like right before right remind me because it was it was it would have been uh, the Demodog stuff would have been back to back, and then we get the eleven episode, and then the finale. Is that what you were exactly? I forget yeah, now. yeah, yeah. You go yeah, straight. So then this, this would have had more immediate repercussions. Uh, it's only a difference of, of about an hour, so I would not see the problems with doing that. There you go. It's the J edit uh, <laughs> of Stranger Things. You're welcome. I, I do want to mention uh, before we move on from Hawkins as well uh, the brief Doctor Owens cameo. Yes, that we have. I'm glad that he's alive. I was a. Uh, I thought for a second we, he would get an off-screen death because he just sort of uh, left himself there to hold off the demodogs while Bob fruitlessly <laughs> escaped. Uh, but interestingly <laughs> enough, I don't know if you guys noticed the stairwell that Hopper found him in. I don't know if it was supposed to be the same stairwell, but it was the same looking stairwell as in the season one flashback when you see Hopper sort of like collapse in despair on the stairs in the hospital while he's tending to his daughter. It's the same staircase. Is it the same staircase? I huh. believe so, yeah. So they just use the same film location and expected us not to notice? I didn't unless notice. The, uh, unless the hospital, I mean, the this Hawkins lab happens to have a nice, like, medical facility attached <laughs> to it. Maybe it happened to be the hospital once upon a time before Hawkins lab swooped in. Maybe, maybe. Um, but a good eagle eye, I, I did not catch that at all, so good job. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, happy he's alive. I think... We were all thinking he was going to have a bad heel turn. Even Paul Reiser did. Even all the cast did, as we learned in Beyond Stranger Things. Um, but but glad he didn't. 
glad that he didn't. And uh, uh, in the end, um, you know, L is is Hopper's adopted daughter because uh, uh, you know the fired uh, Doctor Owens uh, kind of helped set that up. Uh, or maybe not fired, but you know, no longer heading Hawkins' lab because you know uh, J- uh, John and Nancy were successful. Um, but uh, number seven here, Barb is avenged uh, for the what about Barb uh, hashtaggers. Uh, do we feel this is a satisfying conclusion uh, for the Barb character? She gets her funeral. Yeah, her parents only her parents only had a year of having their hopes, you know. Yeah, and, and they their sold daughter their again. house and everything. Yeah, so uh, yeah, ho- yeah. If sure. I mean, hopefully Murray uh, gave at least some of a, a refund back to them. But yeah, this I feel like this is something that would have played better upon a binge than the way we were doing things because at this point. We had watched the Barb stuff and the Murray stuff really play out like three weeks ago. So it was sort of like there was so much stuff going on in the back half of the season that you were like, oh, yeah, I guess this happened. I mean, there was also a fun <laughs> shot of like Murray playfully waving goodbye yes. to the Hawkins lab people as they <laughs> cleared out. Uh, but yeah, it was it was sort of like a, I, I was I'm glad that they brought it back because otherwise it would have been a little, I don't know, a little unfulfilled to say like, oh, they worked this hard and they didn't end up actually doing anything. But that also sets up what's going to move into that building you know it's sort of like the uh, defense against the dark arts position in harry potter what's going <laughs> to swoop in next to take up residence there if hawkins lab got kicked out yeah it's a good does, call does, does nancy get redemption now is she has she been redeemed well you know her, yeah i mean I this, feel, this uh, is uh i would say of all the characters oh actually it's tough but i would say nancy might have one of the happiest endings because she uh was able to like salve her, her guilt over her best friend dying. She was able to bring down the corporation that br- brought the Demogorgon to end up killing her best friend. She dumped the guy that she was not so fond of and she got with the guy that she is falling in love with. So she really checked a lot of boxes this season. Correct. But Jack, you're one of the most critical of Nancy. Do you feel um, that she is redeemed or at least, you know... Well, committed? you know, it's a year late, but I think yes, she did. I think, you know, she... She was guilt. She was guilty early on in the season, and I think she redeemed herself. And she risked her life to redeem the death of Barb. So I'll, I'm cutting Nancy some slack now. I'm okay with Nancy now. Plus, she helped out Crying Boy with the dance. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's let's go then to. Uh, well, actually, I, I kind of touched upon it, but uh, number eight here, L is Hopper's adopted daughter. Um, you know, so much so that she, she is, you know, Jane Hopper. Um, what, what, what do you think the, the future ramifications of this are? Like, is she, does, do they get their, their normal family life? Uh, you know, <laughs> normal family life on this show. I don't well, know. Within reason. Well, well I mean, at, at least, at least they're not going to be in a cabin separated from everyone else, which makes me excited. Again, I would say one of my, one of my most major nitpicks with this season was that I felt like, they had to keep Eleven at arm's distance for the vast majority of the season, which really, really sucked and led to things like emo Mike and lying angry Hopper for a good portion of episodes. This at least allows her, like, she can attend a school dance now. She can go to school. She can actually be with the kids. I don't know how that dynamic is going to be moving forward with the entire party, especially if Max is still going to be a part of it. But it makes me happy because this means that Eleven is not an outsider anymore yeah and, and i get why she had to be separated because you know for for all intents and purposes uh the hawkins lab um you know could take her away again or whatever it is so you know I, hopper's doing the best he can i know you're critical of hopper kind of keeping everything a secret but he's trying to do the, his the best he can to not you know 
uh, he he has seen what happened before with Brenner, um, and I'm blanking on the evil woman's name that that killed uh, uh, the uh, diner owner. Um, oh, I know you. Yeah. But, oh uh, yeah, the, the social. I, I just call her social services because that's who she posed as yeah. in the in the time that she killed the whatever the diner owners was. But now she gets to be you know a normal you know quote unquote uh, teenage girl, which well, and, and to have a family quote unquote. So I well, I, well what's her going to be her title at school? Because Will is zombie boy. Do they dare? Do they dare make fun of her? Well, th- there's not, they don't really know anything about her, so you know she's yeah, just. Yeah, the, the, there is also the wrinkle. Murray mentioned it in the very beginning of the season, uh, but I mean, could someone recognize Eleven as the girl who like tore into that uh, that convenience store and <laughs> burst the windows and stole the egos, or that girl who uh, caused some trouble amongst that little girl and her mother when she walked into their backyard? You know, it's a small town. Maybe they'll well, recognize the face, or maybe they'll also, just get lucky. She snapped the arm of the of the brat kid. The well, that's bully. true. Well, I don't. I, I don't know. Mouth breather might have transferred because we did not see him. I feel like he would be the one who would be like all in on the make fun of Will train uh, <laughs> once Will finally came back, but he was nowhere to be seen. That that is true. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, number nine, the snowball. Uh, just a lot of sweet moments uh, in the snowball. Uh, Mike, you know, finally uh, gets to take L. L shows up. Uh, you know, uh, where we had every breath you take uh, by the police, uh, among uh, other great. So, uh, so many classes. songs. We had yeah. a time after time as well, which. Uh, brought to at least to my mind uh, memories of Napoleon Dynamite because yes. I believe that's what they danced to at <laughs> the dance in that one too. Um, but uh, we have Max and Lucas kiss, um, and we have the, the the sweet scene between Steve and uh, Dustin. Uh, now, do you, you know, think kind of he's not? You think Dustin went with Steve? Part of his uh, his uh, his information or his he was giving Dustin. If it all doesn't work, just cry. <laughs> no, and then you'll you'll get the girl you'll get a girl anyway. Is that is that what he? Uh... No, I I you know I I thought that was really cool. Um, again, Steve, my heart goes to Steve. He's he's my boy this season. Bob's a yeah. close second, but I think Steve is my favorite from this season. And uh, and you Who Dustin, doesn't like Steve, huh? I mean, I don't think any I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't like Steve. Yeah, I well, I'm, I'm assuming it happens with every sort of uh, fandom. There is a group of people that are like. They don't. It's not like they don't like Steve. They don't like the fact that so many people like Steve. If that makes sense, <laughs> there's a group of people that's like this person's overrated. So maybe it's those types of people. Uh, and also, I also really like the Nancy and Dustin thing too, just because I think we all sympathize with that moment when you yep. know he tries to pull the Steve moves of like approaching girls and asking them to dance, and he basically gets laughed at. He had uh, the Nancy, Farifasa do. He had the spray. Yeah. And Nancy, but Nancy decides to pull him aside and dance with him. Uh, to make all the other girls at least whisper. I don't know if they're necessarily jealous, but I think it's also a nice callback. I'm trying to remember in season one when they were like talking a little bit about like going into Nancy's room. Was it wasn't it Dustin who sort of had the little bit of crush on Nancy yes. that oh, was yeah. not really he, talked he, about? He, he offered her. We got some pizza left over. Yep. And, right. Yeah. 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 So I feel and, like and that's like sl- a fun little connection. Door on yeah. No, Nancy definitely is is a much nicer character, more likable character this season than last season. Yeah. Um, well, it's it was a is a cool callback. Um, and well, I think it I think it helps Dustin because you have the older girl Nancy. Of course, yeah. I of mean, course. I mean, that only helped. But his, even uh, what she said, and I think they talk about this in Beyond Stranger Things. Like uh, it, it is very much um, 
we've all been to those kind of middle school dances uh and there is just those awkward moments where you know you you are the person that's sitting on the sidelines and um and it's as an adult now you look back on those moments like that were just sheer pure social awkwardness and you realize as an adult like that you know things do get a hell of a lot better um so it was just a really cool moment between the two characters They, they do get better i'm 55 i'm waiting well, if you if you try, they do get better. If I try, okay, all right. <laughs> I tell you, Jax, the sixties are where it's at. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the, those all all the kisses were so so sweet. I know they talked about in Beyond Stranger Things how actually the Max Lucas kiss was not initially scripted, but apparently Millie Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard actually pushed for it among the creators, and they decided to actually make it happen. Uh, and I know the kids were very reluctant to do so uh the character uh, the actress who plays max especially but i thought it was really cute for like uh i don't even call it like a secondary romance because i feel like that's nancy and jonathan for like a tertiary romance in this season i thought it was a really cute moment and obviously the mike and 11 stuff was what we were waiting the entire season for yeah yeah but yeah since last since last season with the whole mentioning the snowball um and, and i think and early on and earlier on in the episode when hopper yep. gives mike freaking blue balls <laughs> <laughs> um it's like look she needs to focus on this um but uh, uh did, did, did it did it uh, meet our expectations if we had them uh for me it did i thought it was a really sweet scene yeah i think that one of the things that i love about this show are the the emotional arcs that are built into these characters which i think might make up for some of these more tropish storylines, especially in the first season. There's just so much emotional weight to them. And I feel like when you go through the journey with these characters for nine hours, you get to see it play out. Yes, it's like a sort of a sappy, happy ending, though that we have this alternate at the end that sort of uh, adds a little bit of a twist onto the end of it. But I feel like we they needed to enjoy some happiness after everything yeah. they went through. And one tiny thing that I want to point out as well that the internet uh, let me in on. So... In the uh, Hopper's Daughter flashback from the end of season one, she has this like uh, teal uh, like band in her hair and her pigtails. Then when Hopper's reading to her when she's sick in the hospital, he's you can see he's wearing one of her hair bands around his wrist and something that he still wore over the course of the first and the second season just sort of as a reminder of his daughter and the impact she had on his life. Cut to the dance. What is Eleven wearing around her wrist? but that teal hair uh, hairband. Yep. So I think that's just a really small, but really significant symbol for those that are paying close attention that from a Hopper perspective as well, from his arc, he has sort of, I wouldn't necessarily moved, say moved on, but he has not become so mired in what happened with his daughter. He's ready to say, okay, I have a new opportunity now. I can't screw it up. It doesn't mean that I'll be super protective and cause her to lash out at me in more ways than one, <laughs> but you know, I have a chance to start again. Yeah, it was um, yeah. definitely one of those little subtle things that that you know makes you again get a little misty eyed. A little, a little, it's a little dusty in there. Um, but yeah, totally a uh, great scene. Okay, okay, Dustin. Uh, and uh, dusty dust, dusty eyed Dustin. <laughs> dusty eyed Dustin. And uh, Ooh, we now, also have... now I feel like I'm I feel like I'm I feel like a mouth breather with that nickname. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also a little moment between uh, Hopper and Joyce uh, sharing a cigarette outside the uh, the dance. Uh, Too soon. <laughs> well, I like uh, the Beyond Stranger it, Things. It's, it's it's Stranger Thing. It doesn't matter. They didn't uh, move on. 
in Beyond Stranger Things, uh, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, the actor plays Hopper. Oh, uh, David Harbour. Sorry, thank, thank you, David Harbour. Um, just talking about how <laughs> the sex would be better with Hopper than Bob and how <laughs> she went right away, but you know, like, obviously it would have been too soon. But uh, for the joppers out there, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, there's the inkling of possible budding future hey, hey, relationship did the, there. Did the, what, so. the guy at the, vi- the video game place, did he, is he ever getting his date with Nancy? Or is that just... Uh... <laughs> that's a, see, know, that's yeah, a chapter Lucas, three storyline. gave him like a false promise that he would be able to do that in exchange for him setting up that whole sting with the broken Dig Dug machine. But no, unfortunately... Uh, I think uh, his balls will be as cold as the snowball by the end of the day. <laughs> All right. Or maybe he was also a chaperone and he was there and then D- Dustin's dancing with Nancy. He's like, come on. <laughs> now, <laughs> we had a deal. That, now that would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been funny. Wait, what would he be doing at the dance? Like monitoring the video games by the punch bowl? <laughs> He'd be eating his chips. Well, Nancy's there chaperoning and John's there taking pictures. Why can't uh, the video game guy be there? Yeah. Yeah, where, where were the other kids? Why wasn't uh, I mean, why wasn't Steve there? Why wasn't where was Tommy H? Why was there no Tommy H this season? Uh, which was a good thing. <laughs> no, he was he was in it. He was in he was in the shower scene. Oh, yes, I I forgot about Tommy H in the shower. You're right. It was very brief. It was very yeah. brief and small. Um, the last scene, the mind flare hovers over the school and then it kind of closes it out um when they talk about stranger things or beyond stranger things uh they didn't want to kind of do in season one where they kind of continue the story a little bit further and kind of seeing where they're going um wanted to kind of leave it open and for what uh season three could be but um yeah closes out uh the sec or stranger things two uh it's the sequel um, right. And overall, I just uh, final thoughts on uh, this season can I, can of the I be, show. Can I nitpick on this one? I think they just should have ended on a happy note, the snowball, and then we just know there's going to be something. Because the whole time I'm watching the snowball dance, I'm like, okay, get me the part where there's going to be something at the end. I, I think Why they should just, just enjoy the should, moment, Jack. Why do you have to be like, I, oh, I, something's I, out there? I, I'm just saying that well, there was something out there. They did have something at the end. I just, I, did, I didn't need that. Just have the snowball dance, and I know there's going to be a third season, so. I'll be ready to go next season. I liked it. I liked it. I think just just a little just a little touch on there to show. Nah, I didn't need it. That the the mind flayer is still out there. That was. I good. mean, and we'll and we'll see what the game plan of that as well is because I mean, with the gate closed up, we'll see if it'll be able to like make its way into Hawkins in any way, shape, or form. I thought it was an interesting reveal because I think our assumption from season one into two was. Okay, now the mind flayer's dead. Now they're gonna pick a new big yeah. bad. But no, it seems like we're gonna stay on the mind flayer, which makes sense because I think it has a much greater power than the Demogorgon ever did. I'm sort of between the two of you. I still don't know if we necessarily needed it. Um, I I can understand what the Duffers were saying about not wanting to do the uh, stuff akin to Hopper leaving the stuff in the the box or Will throwing up slugs because uh, they didn't want to feel like they were boxed in to say, okay, we need to address this now, but. At, at the same time, I think we we know what Stranger Things is. We don't necessarily need, just like in a um, uh, Michael Myers movie, we don't need to like pan to the ground to realize that his body was gone. You know, that's yeah. the assumption that we're going to make at this point, that there is going to be a creature coming back next season. Exactly. Yep. No, I, I see it, but I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. Um, so final thoughts on this season. Uh, Jack, we'll start with you. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, is this as good as the first season? 
but a close. I, it was it was good enough. Good enough. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't like I you know a lot of people out there are like, oh my god, it's you know it, it didn't live up. I lived up to it. I thought it was great. It had great moments. I think a lot I said, of people said it didn't live up because I mean it has like I, a ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No, I've, I've just seen people on Twitter and Facebook sometimes. You know, people complain. But I, I like I said, Nancy got. Re- I think she redeemed herself. Um, Billy, uh, I don't know about Billy, but anyway, the, the I liked it. It was a good show. Good, good night. It's worth my time. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, your thoughts. Uh, let's go over some, I guess, pros and cons here. Pros, I did like the fact that I guess due to what they had set up in the first season, I feel like they were doing a lot of stuff very quickly. I think the first season was a lot of like figuring out what was going on and it felt like only really in the second half did things really kick into a high gear especially so they sort of hit that mileage from the get-go in season two a big pro i feel like was a lot of like our main characters characterizations from the first season though they did some really interesting things with a lot of the characters steve i think is a definite highlight yeah another big pro obviously has to be bob uh, just because it's he's still near and dear to my heart but he was such a fun character i loved hearing that Sean Astin kind of Ben Linus his way into the show and just being so <laughs> damn good and lovable that the Duffers decided to keep him in. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy that they gave more stuff to the actor playing Will as well. They really showed his range and him playing oh, an extremely, yeah. extremely tough role. And I like the the new stuff that they were working with, too. This th- I talked about this last week, but this this feels like a perfect sequel Yeah. where you're taking the characters putting them into new conglomerations and settings. I love this idea of like having Steve and the kids actually like go sort of into the upside down as well with all of the tunnel stuff that felt like a next nice escalating escalation. Uh, the cons are, are small for me. I would say that I didn't like some of the stuff they were doing with Mike and Hopper. Uh, I can understand where they were coming from, but didn't necessarily make me want to root for the characters. And other than Bob, I kind of felt like the new characters didn't necessarily hit for me. I wonder if we're going to get all of them in the new season. Uh, it seems like they loved Murray, despite only putting him in a few episodes. Maybe <laughs> we'll see more of uh, Brett Gel- Gelman in there, which I love. And also, uh, not enough Joyce for me. Maybe it's just because Will was actually here this time. But mm-hmm. Winona Ryder was so freaking good in that first season. I feel like outside of that one monologue she did uh, with Will in the second to last episode, she really didn't do too, too much. But... Outside of all of that, I do agree with Jack that I like the first season more than the second one, but I still really like the second one. Yeah. And in a, sh- in a season um, where, or, or in any type of show that has like su- just such a huge first season that everybody loves, it's really hard to follow up and, and not disappoint uh, for its second season. And I think overall, it, it was a really satisfying second season where, um, whereas, you know, some other shows maybe you can talk of that had an amazing first season, the second season kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And yes, there is things you can nitpick in this uh, second season of Stranger Things, but I think overall, um, in tone and feel and enjoyment, I think it was very much on par. Um, yeah. In terms of Jack, I don't, for you, you binge season one. Um, and we did not binge uh, season two. Did that affect it at all for for us? And Mike, I know you kind of pace it the same way throughout uh, since you watched it. Well, with now us that it's over, now that it's over, it, but it the, like for, for me the hard thing was waiting. I mean, as soon as we were done recording, I went and watched the next episode. So if we weren't recording, would you just binge it? I would have probably finished it in two days. <laughs> I think I did two or three days last. I don't usually binge that quick on a show. But uh, 
it's one of those shows where it ha- leaves you with kind of a cliffhanger on each after each episode. You're like going, oh, now I got to know what happened. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the first season of Lost when we watched 13 episodes straight because we got to keep going. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. Okay, I, I haven't slept for 24 hours. I need to get some sleep. But uh, no, I, it's, but it's also one of those shows when you're done, you go, oh, I wish I had another episode of Stranger Things. So, yeah, agreed. Well, if you did yeah. want another episode of Stranger Things, uh, we did have Beyond Stranger Things about six twenty some odd minute uh, post shows. Uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it seven? Uh, yeah, it, seven? it was seven. But like oh, some of them, yeah, some of them went for like twenty five minutes. Some of them went for like seventeen to fifteen minutes. So it it was like I think they were trying to essentially capitalize on the like Chris Hardwick AMC post show type of stuff. And they really done that with Game of Thrones with the Star Trek reboot. It's tough to do with a binging show, so they thought, let's just like make a bunch all at once and just stick them all together. Yeah, and um, it was uh, it was fun. I mean, I think uh, you know the whole Chris Harder who kind of gave him a hard time because he basically just stole the uh, the Lost Podcast idea. Uh, that- <laughs> a lot of us Lost Podcasters did once upon a time. Uh, uh, he, he he didn't kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh uh you know uh, he's my he's my arch enemy i don't like him <laughs> um but you know uh uh it's 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 fine it's 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 an endearing no it's, no, it's not it's not fine it's, it's no terrible. it's it's good it's like it's uh one of the sincerest forms of flattery is copycatting and again there is a bunch of lost podcasts i think kind of started that whole post-show um idea that's now like everywhere um so I, I I get the concept of what they're trying to do, but just like it's we kind of broke it down two episodes per and kind of breaking it out and kind of going along with it as as the show went. It it, it is hard to do a type of post show analysis of a bingeable show, um, but I I thought it, they did a pretty good job of um, explaining things, talking to the actors. Um, I, I'm a big Jim Rash fan. Um, I, thought I, thought, I, I, I thought he was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he also once upon a time hosted a show. I want to say on like Sundance called the writer's room, which was a very similar yes. format. Yeah. They would, yes. they would take writing teams from like prestige dramas or like big comedies and have them just sit around a table and sort of talk about the process. I think my favorite part by far was getting to talk with, I love all the actors on the show. They're all awesome, but I loved getting to talk with the Duffers and yes. uh, Sean Levy, who seems like such like a nut job in the best way. He is so <laughs> manic and excitable. Yes. That, he, he must be so much fun to work with. Yes. Um, I, my favorite part is when Jim Rash said to uh, the Duffers, the twins, the brothers, not twins, the brothers. They're twins. When he said, they are, twins. are they twins? Yeah. They look very much alike. They're they twins. do. Okay. Yeah, they are twins. Okay. When he said, I thought Bob was going to be a bad character when they showed him that one scene when he said, just look at him. And when he said, when he was talking about the clown and I said, Bingo. That's why I thought he was going to be a bad guy. Yeah. So we agreed. So Jim and I, we agreed 100%. Oscar that, that's winner, what, Jim Rash well, that's, and you. That, that, exactly. That's when that's when the brothers kind of looked at him and went, really? I go, <laughs> but it was, how could you not see that? It was it was in your writing. It was, it was anyway. interesting the way they sort of like parse these out as well because – like, you know, they, they started with uh, Finn Wilfhard and Millie Bobby Brown. Okay, that makes sense. And then they had what, like, uh, they had Gain Matarazzo and they had uh, they had Killer McLaughlin. They're like, okay, that, that makes sense. And then they're doing, like, here's Mr. Clark. 
And you're like, oh, okay, I love Mr. Clark, but he was in like three scenes this season. And then you have Bill Nye, the science guy, coming in to talk about alternate universes. Okay, then you had the whole episode with the new class, but they didn't they weren't able to have Bob in it. Uh, so I, that, that was probably my least favorite episode, to be honest. Again, love those actors. Uh, it was interesting as well in that they had sort of a pre-taped interviews from like David Harbour and uh, and uh, uh, let's see, uh, oh, Sean, Sean Astin, Sean Astin, Paul Reiser. Yeah, ex- and Paul Reiser. Uh, I'm surprised, Reiser. though. I guess I mean, I guess Winona Ryder is the biggest get in this entire show, but I'm surprised they didn't get anything from her. Yeah. In response she, to any of the she doesn't see, stuff. she doesn't she doesn't do a lot of press, though, does she? I mean, I don't you don't see her on talk shows and stuff, do you? Uh, hmm. not that I recall. I think I just think she. I just think she's one of those actresses that doesn't like to be. This is my job. I do it. I don't really like to talk about it too much because yeah. I don't. I don't remember seeing her in too much. Uh, well, you could tell they shot it all in one day. And if you notice, like uh, nobody was save for the Duffer Brothers and, and Sean Levy. Nobody was in an episode more than twice. That must have been some type of like contractual uh, obligation for the Beyond Stranger Things. And, and, and don't blow that. and don't blow your nose. When you're on the <laughs> yeah, or, or, or like grab an apple. I love that as well because I think. One of the things I actually did love about this is you really got to see the play between the cast and the crew. And I think at one point, maybe one of the second to last episodes or so, they talk about how collaborative the Duffer brothers are. And you can really tell how, as showrunners, they have such a close connection with their cast and how they're really so much about like, yeah, we'll write a few episodes and then we'll see like how the cast works with these characters and then we'll sort of write them from there. You know, like that's the big story that happened with Steve is that they completely changed directions after interacting with the actor. And so... It was so nice to know that like the the set seems so much fun and so supportive despite handling all of these crazy things that it, it leads to a nice warm atmosphere. I agree because it, it did seem like they really got along. What I, what I liked about the brothers was you know they have the kids are talented. I mean the kids can act. There's no question about that. But they actually listened to them. Yeah. They just didn't blow them off saying, "All right, I've been in this business for a while. Shut up, kid. Leave me alone." Yeah, that's the I thing mean, is that like is not like a main thing when like. I mean, I've, I've worked with kids in a bunch of my uh, previous professions, and, like, that's what they teach you is, like, the main thing with working with kids is don't talk down to them. No. Like, they'll respect you if you treat them just like any other person that you'd speak to. And that's what you can really feel like the Duffer Brothers are doing. They're sufficiently listening to all of these kid actors talk about their thoughts on the characters. Yep. So I think you can really tell how respectful they were of the kids' input about those characters. Which well, I something... think makes makes for a better it makes for a, a, a happier set too. Yeah, I would think. Well, that's it's something that uh, Steven Spielberg was always given credit for, like how well, uh, like he got performances out of kid actors. I mean, it's probably a similar type thing. And you're right; it is cool to see that dynamic um, in these episodes. But overall, would we, uh, in terms of as if we had to grade them, would we say like absolutely necessary or you know cool to do? Like, what 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 would you say? Beyond Stranger Things, like a neat gimmick, or was it uh, really enlightening to the Stranger Things experience? I think oh, it was okay. I mean, it's like I think uh, Mike said, there were a few that I could have done without. I felt bad for I, Bill I, Nye. Like they brought him out for like a second, and then he went back. I was like, that's Bill he, Nye, he, the science guy. He probably got paid more than all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I just there was some that I got, oh, I didn't think about that. Although, like the scene where they t- were. Uh, Murray is he drops the the the, oh, the, the eggs, egg yeah. and she oh yeah yeah and I'm, I'm, you, no, that, you don't that even was, notice that was it my, that was my Jim Rash moment Jack because I pointed that out on a previous podcast that it was most likely improvised and they yeah, they you, proved that 
Yeah, you did. I mean, it's just, it's just uh, the stuff like that. I like the behind the scenes stuff where, you know, they're kind of, um, you know, talking about, I'd like to see some bloopers would have been good. Like, well, you know, when Billy was, he'd, he'd never played basketball before. Cause yeah. He's British, right? Uh, Australian. Australian. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, he, Jonathan's British. Jonathan's British. Yeah. Well, Brett White has like a completely different voice from his character. It's one thing <laughs> to like do a different accent. It's one to completely like he has such a high pitched voice. I know. Like a whisper. And his voice is like so low as I Jonathan. Thought he, I, I thought it was Jimmy Page there for a second. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just I like the behind the scenes stuff that just different. And, and like I said, the interaction when they were around the round table, too, you could you could tell that they they, they like each other. And and that is, you know, you. I, I don't know if it's necessary to watch a show and, and they all like each other, but I think it makes for a, I think it makes for a better show if the if the actors actually like what they're doing and care about what they're doing. So yeah, I would say, I like it. I would say if possible, if you could do less, that would be ideal. Just because getting through after watching nine hours of Stranger Things, then watching seven episodes that sometimes border on like twenty five minutes in a row can be a little lengthy. And especially like if you keep bringing back the same people in multiple iterations to talk about like they essentially broke down basically almost every scene from every episode, <laughs> you know. That's- so I, I would say like in a perfect world, you could do almost like an inside the actor studio thing where you like bring back most of the cast, streamline your questions and your topics a little bit more. Then if you can do maybe t- even if you extend it to do like two to three episodes, I feel like that would be what I would want ideally if they move forward with this idea. So less, be- less, uh, less talking dead, more uh, survivor reunion show post the finale. Well, as long as they don't go to anybody in the audience, I'll be fine. Um, yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, um, no, that, that's- what, what if, what if they did it? If they, it, you, you watch one of the episodes and right after the episode, there's a 20 minute talk about what happened during that episode mm, where you could actually I, I watch would, it, where you could watch it at that point or, okay, ooh, I just watched good. this up with that. I think that's the route they should go because I would watch, I, I'm definitely going to watch it then. It's, you, it's, I, it's, I, I don't you know. I, you you well, might be though. one of the only people who does though. Cause I feel like one of the things about that binging atmosphere, like you mentioned, it's so uh, full of cliffhangers that it really entices you to move on to the next episode. Yeah. I don't think people are going to be like, now, wait a minute, guys, we need to stop and watch this 15 minute clip where Jim Rash talked to that guy. Well, yeah. I was uh, when I first saw it, I thought there were going to be like five, six minute clips. I went, oh, my God, 24 minutes, 25 minutes. It's, but then when I started watching them, I go, OK, I'm into these. They're, they're pretty good. Like you said, there were a couple I got uh, I could done without. But yeah. anyway. All right. Well, I felt uh, I felt I felt bad for Bob though. No, I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love that because it showed that everyone loved Bob as yeah. much as we did on the set. Exactly, exactly. Except for Jack, for some reason. Um, I do like I do like the fact that the they had who they had one of the writers they had for two and oh, a half yeah. hours attacking him. You know, uh, Sean yeah. Astin as they're doing that scene, he, and and I think that's where you go. You know, we always go to these actors. Oh, my God, I put in 18 hour days. That's just tedious to me. That Just to do that same scene over and over and over again for like uh, upon hours. I give them credit for being able to maintain that character for so long without going crazy. I mean, I just would get to the point where like, do we have the shot yet? I mean, that just that's just me. But two and a half hours just for one scene that just shows you how much effort goes into putting together a TV show like this. But. That stuff. I uh, that's the stuff I like when I watch behind the scenes stuff. All right. 
Um, well, we do have some listener feedback to close out this episode, so let's jump into that. We have our first email here from Laura. Hi, love the podcast. I have one plot hole I seem to be unable to let go of, and it's how Dart, uh, how did Dart get in the trash can? He was very small, so he had to have been put in there by someone. Trash gets emptied frequently, so he couldn't have been in there for too long. No one questioned how he got in there, and I can't think of a logical explanation. Any thoughts? Thanks, Laura. Did, did maybe Dustin was enjoying some Three Musketeers bars, threw them into the garbage. Dart was attracted by the smell and sort of like climbed his way under the lid. Yeah, exactly. I think climbing under the lid's possible. That's my because explanation. Because li- the lid, you know, it's it's not like trash cans today where they're they're plastic and they fit pretty snug. Yeah. I think yeah, back yeah, we're, the, we're talking can, like OG Oscar the all, Grouch style. Yeah. yeah. Oscar yeah, the they're Grouch all style. beat up and bent. So yeah, they could yeah. they, they could got in there. Because yeah, it came in a really small slug at that point too. We don't know. Yeah, it, 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 it was. wasn't like a it, it wasn't like a raccoon size where like they bump off the thing. It, it could be like the size of like a, a New York City rat. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, next email here from Allison. Wow, Mrs. Wheeler and Billy. Can we expect Mike and Nancy to have a little brother or sister when the show <laughs> returns next year? Step well, Daddy have, Billy. They, yeah, they, what about they, Baby they, Holly? Yeah, they have a baby sister. That's right. Was she you know, you know what in was any the, scenes this season? I, I have a feeling it, it totally turned into like a... It, there was one it, dinner it scene. Turned, it could have turned into like a Lily from Modern Family situation where like the child grew up too quickly in the year between where it like became a little awkward. Maybe they need to find like a replacement baby Holly. I think the more screwed up thing is if indeed the Jopper fans get their wish and Joyce and Hopper hook up, that means... Will and Jonathan will be like step siblings with eleven at this point. Yeah, it's true. That's some well, Brady that's, Bunch shit. That no, that's less awkward than if it was Mike and Eleven being stepbrothers. Mike and Eleven being stepbrothers. I mean step siblings, whatever. Okay. And it, you know what I mean. Anywho. Okay. Uh, Mike Bloom brought me here loved all the podcasts and hope the three of you plan on doing more together in the future thanks Allison Uh, thanks Allison well Allison uh, we do also podcast with Mike uh, on Westworld which I assume will be coming back uh, in the spring season Um, sometime and uh, I'm sure there will be future Stranger Things seasons um, which uh, Mike I don't know if you're a game for doing future Stranger Things podcasts but I know oh yeah The the scarier it gets, the more entertaining these podcasts are to just watch me <laughs> recoil in terror. So I am I am on board for Stranger Things three through five or six or however long they plan on doing this thing. Um, and uh, excited for Westworld to come back too because it's it's been a while. It's been over a year now since it was about this time when the finale for the first season is of it, Westworld happened. Has it been now. a year already? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. God. And it's been about a year since I've seen Mike's uh, cowboy hat that he wore in our live finale show. So, yeah, it's uh, still it's still sitting behind me. I was actually on a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast today on Post Show Recaps, and there was plenty of talk about cowboy hats and who can <laughs> pull them off. I don't know if people <laughs> saw the episode, so I just looked fondingly at the he hat looked, behind me. But I'll, I need like, another excuse to pull it out. I don't know if you've watched Bonanza, but he looked like Hoss Cartwright. I don't don't know what that is. I know Bonanza. I do not know who Hoss Cartwright is. What? How could you not? You know Bonanza, but you don't know who Hoss Cartwright is. So as Jack gets older, most most of Jack's podcast just turns into references that nobody gets. You've you've never seen you've seen Bonanza, Jay? Yeah, but I don't know Hoss Cartwright. I don't know. 
He's the big okay. Guy. I, I can I can I can see it. He's got a little bit more of a dopey hat than Jeff Garland's character had, but I can see it. I'm 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 done. Um, last email here. <laughs> um, great podcast as always. Uh, please find something else to podcast about to get us through winter. Westworld Bonanza. Spring 2018 is a long ways but away. If, if we're but, covering Bonanza, how many years did Bonanza run for? We'll I have plenty like, of material. I think like 14 years Bonanza ran. Oh, perfect. We'll do one recap a week. There you go. Um, I was away last week and didn't get to send in <laughs> feedback, so I just have to say it now. No, poor Bob. Um, also, I thought episode seven was a one and done backstory episode until Mike mentioned Callie's power and the similarity to the Mind Flayer. I think Callie will be back in season three to help Jane defeat the Mind Flayer and whatever else Upside Down throws at Hawkins. They may even need to find other sisters, brothers to help. Just please leave Will alone. Poor kid needs to shed the zombie boy title. <laughs> he got the first. He was the first one to get a date. Yeah, he yeah. got a date. So, yeah, like, yeah. random girl. It just dawned on me, too, because Bob gets che- eaten. How many Bobs have been in TV shows have been eaten by something? Because I can think of Bob in Walking Dead. Bob and Spoiler I, alert. I, I'm just. Well, well uh, I mean, there's Bob in Mad Men. He doesn't get eaten. I guess he gets eaten live by the ad world. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. So, so it's not. I, I just wonder how many times a Bob, someone named Bob, has been killed or destroyed on TV. Well, it's a pretty common, you know, TV show name, so. All right. Um, uh, let's see. I uh, love the last episode and how the Duffer Brothers ended it on a happy note at the snowball dance until we go upside down. Great way to end season two. You guys will probably cover all the fabulous highlights from this episode, but I had to single out Nancy rescuing Dustin and his hair at the dance. So sweet. Looking forward to hearing your theories about next season. Thanks again for taking the time to create such fun podcasts. Happy holidays, Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do we have any? Uh, do we have any like bold predictions about what might happen in season three? Who knows? The Duffers may be listening. They might take some <laughs> of our ideas into consideration. Uh, well, if I knew they were listening, I would have prepared for this. But, uh, <laughs> uh, bring back Bob, or at least part of him. <laughs> oh. Which part? <laughs> Whichever parts left. <laughs> I love that it was it was really hard for them to kill uh, Will. Uh, one of the Duffer brothers was saying like he he had like a mental breakdown on that day when they were filming just because he didn't want to kill the character because you know they extended him out. You mean, you, you mean Bob? Bob, yeah. You said you said Will. Oh, I'm sorry, Bob. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it's a tough, tough, tough for Bob. But he did get, he did get a hero's uh, exit. But it's awesome to hear that Sean Astin's. Uh, is awesome and lovable in in IRL uh, as he seems on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I if I have some ideas about what I want to see in season three, I want to see Max have her own like thing to do, her own separate storyline. Whether that means like yeah. she has her own connection to the Upside Down, I'm not entirely sure. I want to ha- I want to see Steve get a love interest because I don't want to see him be lovesick puppy the entire season. He's too good for that. Uh, he deserves better. Yeah, the- and I want to, and I want to see the mind flare have effects on other people. I yeah. like this idea of like something out of the thing where like you don't know if someone is possessed or not. I think that could be a really fun idea to work with. Yep, I agree. Yeah, that'd be well. That'd be are, cool. are any of, are are any of them going away to college? Jonathan? Uh, no, I think they were. I'm trying to remember if Nancy and Jonathan and all of them were. I think they were juniors. Yeah, junior. Juniors. Steve, I think, was uh, a senior. I think. Yeah, he was. A, he's a year older than. Uh, 
But he was going to work ahead. at the factory with his dad or something. Yes. Yeah, he's not. He's not going anywhere. Um, I know Jonathan wanted to go to uh, NYU, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Season one. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll be back. We'll just have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, my bold predictions. I think. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I got, I, I, I'm. <laughs> it's too early to predict because the one reason why I won't is because the Duffer Brothers didn't really set up anything for the next season because I don't think they exactly know where it's going to go. Um, but I, I do uh, like. It, the, I, it, it, it can't be something that happens to Will again, like like yeah. we're saying. They can't go through. Well, anymore. okay, then 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 maybe I'll make this uh, pose this a little bit of an easier question. Let's go to Laura's question. Do you think we're going to see Callie in season three? And will you think she'll be involved in like a larger capacity? That's what I uh, was going to reference here is, yes, I think Callie will be brought in. Um, but what, do we think more brothers and sisters will be found? That's that's another because we have eight and 11. There's still at least nine other uh, digits, uh, numericals uh, that could be pulled out. And even past 11. Possibly. Yeah, we, don't, we don't know if 11 was last. So these ones go up to 11. Uh, but yeah, so I, I definitely think expanding that universe uh, would be beneficial. Especially this mind flayer seems like a, a bad, bad guy, bad dude. Not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. No. Um. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this season of Stranger Things with Jay, Jack, and Mike. We will be back for season three of Stranger Things. Don't know when it's coming back. Assume next year at some point in time. Uh, but we will be here to talk about it. Uh, Jay, Jack, and Mike will also be returning for Westworld. We don't actually have a date for that either. We assume mm-hmm. uh, spring 2018. Uh, so we will be back uh, for the spring uh, TV season, hopefully, as long as Westworld comes back. Uh, if not, maybe we'll find uh, something else to keep us busy in the meantime. Uh, but we will be enjoying a, a, a winter break, uh, at least from these podcasts. Mike, I know you podcast every single day of the week, so I'm sure you'll have other podcasts. I was going to say, there's no off-season. Only an on-switch for me. <laughs> but, no uh, gates being closed in my podcast feeds. <laughs> but uh, where, where can people find you uh, continuing on from here, Mr. Mike? So you can find me on Twitter at a Mike Bloom type. In terms of scripted stuff, I'm uh, continuously doing recaps of SNL, which with with Rich Tackenberg on Post Show Recaps. Also on Post Show Recaps, I mentioned it a few minutes ago. I uh, hopped onto the Curb Your Enthusiasm recap to talk about this most recent episode. Uh, ironically enough, involving Lin Manuel Miranda, so I got to sort of throw my theater boy weight around a tiny bit. Uh, I also do a movie podcast with AJ Mass called The Hamster Factor, where he shows me a movie that I've never seen before. We sort of talk about our disparate reactions. I also recently appeared on a podcast called The Franchise, which takes a look at movies uh, and sequels from franchises. Uh, this past week, I did Jurassic Park 1 and 2, which uh, one I love with all my dearest heart. The other one... Not so much. It's still pretty good, but not so much. I had so much fun getting to talk about that. On the reality TV side of things, I do Survivor exit interviews for Parade. Just posted my exit interview with Cole. I'll say his name because it's been several days past the point of the episode airing. That was a lot of fun, and I'll be posting interviews up until the end of season 35. I do a weekly Survivor podcast called the RHAP B&B, which is a very silly Survivor fun and games podcast. On the Survivor Historians, uh, we did a thanksgiving episode where we release coverage uh, on uh, several things that we are thankful for from both the survivor commu- survivor and the community and the podcast 
etc. I will also be appearing on the Terran Show, which is a podcast that interviews people from the reality TV community. So you want to find out more about my personal life. I don't know why you would want to at this rate, but <laughs> if you really want to, be sure to check that out. And I'm so happy I got to come on with you guys. I'm so glad you guys convinced me to get past the initial scares that I experienced <laughs> with this show. I love this show. It's so much fun to watch, even more fun to talk about with you guys. And I really, even though I, I loved the first season more, this was such a good season and such a good TV show overall. So I'm so happy it went out on a note like this. Agreed. 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 Uh, Jack, where repeat, can people find wait, you? can find me. I'm right over here in Raleigh. <laughs> Don't give your address. No, well, <laughs> anywhere in Raleigh you can find me. I Well, not really anywhere the in Raleigh. The bars, generally. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Street corner or something like that. I, you know, I get around. Uh, well, you can find Jack on the Jay and Jack Network of podcasts. Uh, his name is in the title. Uh, he, you are doing Dancing with the Stars. My, is that done? My name. Uh, I. We still have to do the finale. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's a, a thing as well as uh, Ramblecast um, and much, much more. Go to jayandjack.com slash iTunes to see all of the other uh, Jay and Jack podcasts that are out there. Um yeah, I think I think that is about the new, it. The new, the new Bonanza podcast, which the is new Bonanza podcast. Oh yes, Podnanza. Podnanza. There you go. <laughs> Podnanza. There we go. The the music writes itself, Jay. You don't even need to think about it. <laughs> Well, I thank people that make this show possible. Our patrons, especially Tack from Tokyo, Eckhart Richter, Molly the Millennial, and Ed the Letter Carrier. Uh, these podcasts are listener supported. Without your support, these shows would not be possible. If you'd like to become a patron and support what we do today, head on over to janejack.com and click on the Become a Patron link today. That'll wrap it up for Stranger Things with Jay, Jack, and Mike. Hope everyone has a fantastic holiday. Check out the other shows that we do. Um, and jay jack and mike will return uh with with westworld with jay jack and mike and of course uh when season three or stranger things three uh rolls around we will be here to podcast about that as well until then hasta luego and goodbye bye bye